a lifetime of indoctrination. So busy fighting with each other that we never look up and realize we're getting fucked. We're the only one in the universe that has free will. We are born free and we will stay free. What's up, guys? Welcome to Free Will. This is Tony Scardino. Uh, happy Tuesday. Well, hopefully I get this edited by Tuesday, honestly, because I just got back from New Jersey visiting family. So I am recording on Monday, but I'm super excited for today's conversation because it's truthfully the reason why I chose the career path I chose and became obsessed with certain subjects. And that is the Constitution. I feel like, especially the young generation, of course, they don't have a good, I mean, education on the Constitution and the background and a, a proper history of the United States of America and how this country really was established and why it was. And I feel like a lot of things are distorted and there's all these opinions on our history. And I think when you truly take a deep dive into the Constitution and you understand why things were written the way they were and how they were written, you know, understanding that will lead you to understand how we're in this position today and why, you know, certain things are going certain ways. And just, it's just an overall history lesson of the American government and how things work and why our founding fathers wrote what to, they wrote what I believe is one of the most beautiful documents in history. And I believe that Americans tend to forget how new our country is. And we are the only country in history to ever combine nationalities from all, from, from everywhere. I mean, we are the most diverse country in the world. And yeah, you can look at other countries, you know, that are diverse now, or, you know, of course you're always going to make that argument, but you have to realize is this country is the newest. And we were many, many, many steps ahead of any other country in this world and to become a top power as we were the babies is really huge and i think the reason when you look at the beauty of this country the reason why we were a top power is because we the people were able to put things aside and work together for the first time and you know when we talk about all of the issues we're having today. And it's really heartbreaking because I think the basis of this country is the most beautiful thing. And that is equality and that is diversity. Um, I don't want to go into too deep of a history lesson, 
but yeah, we separated from Great Britain. We came here, we were the 13 colonies, you know, then we had the, you know, Declaration of Independence, then all the 13 colonies signed it. That was in 1776, July 4th. Um, then, yeah, we all came together. We decided, hey, we need to be a power together because, you know, yeah, we have, you know, our separate states, but we need to be a union together because that's how, you know, if we get attacked again or if there's a war or, you know, we need, we're, we're, we're better together in numbers, of course. You need to have bigger numbers. We need to establish a federal government and we need to have a separation of powers. So the way the separation of powers works is we have within the federal government, we have the three branches, the legislative, executive, and judicial. And so the, our federal government has a separation of powers and that's necessary in you know maintaining the control of the federal government and then we have the separation of powers between federal and state and you have to realize since we were the newest country our founding fathers they were a group of people who were the the world's best philosophists and lawyers and educators and people who studied history and saw what mistakes every single country has made, how every single country led to a communist Marxist type society and, and how people want freedom and how we need to, what we need to do to get there and to achieve that. These were experts in this. They weren't just, you know, sitting up their thumbs saying like, oh, okay, America, ha, ha, ha. No, they, they really came together and thought out how do we prevent this from happening and how do we ensure a life, you know, in a pursuit of happiness for everyone, life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. And were there steps in the way? Of course. Were there, were there things, you know, it, it's nowadays people like to focus on all the bad things that America has done. And granted, of course, we're going to acknowledge that. Of course, we're going to learn from that. But that's also the thing is everything good comes bad. There's a yin and a yang to everything. So to create such a beautiful country the way we did, bad came with it. And the bad, it's lessons and mistakes learned, of course. And it's humanity's not perfect. And we have to look at those mistakes and continue and move forward. And instead of sitting on them and constantly drilling our mistakes into society, we should be saying, we should be, okay, we acknowledge them, but what are we doing right? And then how do we make those mistakes and then change those? 
and and that's the progression of the country and that's why actually our country did progress i mean i mean we have there's a complete difference in what we can do and the rights we have now in our in the 2000s compared to the 1900s we're losing we're losing our nationalism that's what we're losing and people are making stands against america but we fail as a country to recognize how beautiful and amazing this country is and how we the people created it and we the people fought i mean our ancestors fought their asses off to provide a, a prosperous life for future generations and unfortunately of course we're going to get into how that's changing to be the newest country and to be steps ahead and to be steps ahead by being the most diverse country if you were to go to any other country you know you go to italy most of the population's italians you go to mexico most of the population is mexicans it's that's when you come here everyone is different everyone and even when you look in subcategories of color even like if you look at white people all white people are from different countries that's how immigrants came you know they were all you know from from Europe and they came here if you look at the african american population they came from different places the asian population they're from different places america is everyone it really is it's everyone so for us to just forget that we all literally created a land of freedom and we allowed everyone to come and join that is the most beautiful thing that no other country has ever done and we did that americans and that's why you should be proud to be an american because we're all standing here together still we are now one thing that i think is a false belief about the constitution is that america was built on slavery and one of the things that i learned in law school was that it in fact was not built on slavery that the constitution was written in a way to abolish slavery within the next 20 to 25 years or so and there is a reading that we read as a class written by Frederick Douglass that really i think shows that argument and Frederick Douglass is a you know former slave and he wrote about how the constitution is not racist the constitution's actually the opposite and if you really study the way these men thought of course were there racist men back then absolutely were there just like how there's racist people in every country 
But the Constitution itself, the document that this land was built on, is not racist. And the reason why they had to implement certain things and they had to make it into a timeline was because they couldn't get everyone to agree to abolish slavery right then and there. They needed to establish federal government and a nation first. And the way the laws and the way the, the rights were implemented, they were purposely implemented there because they knew that through time, it would eventually be abolished and the states would eventually all get rid of slavery. And the founding fathers knew this and they knew that they had to do it into a slow time. Now, they did that. And of course, the Civil War happened and we needed to exceed that time. We needed to exceed it. And, you know, maybe that was a necessary thing. That's another learning lesson that this country had. That's another way that we we keep growing and building as a nation is we, you know, the, the good people, they came forth and they said, no, this is wrong. And they fought and they fought for what was right. And we abolished it faster. And, you know, Things in life are tough. Building countries is tough. If you look at the history of every country, it's, I mean, it's a long set of history. I mean, and they have, that's what I'm saying is us being the newest, these countries, I mean, they start from like empires back in, you know, pre, you know, Jesus Christ era, you know, they, they start really far back. There's a lot of history in these countries and there's been a lot of ruling and, and, Every country has been a slave at some point and every country has gone through the cycle. And when people say history repeats itself, it really is true. It's history repeats itself because humans have the same characteristics, greed and the desire for power. And that's just, that's why every nation has failed at some point. That's why every empire has failed because people get too greedy and then they get too powerful. And that's what we're seeing today. We're seeing greed and power take over. So how, how did this happen? Well, our constitution has enumerated powers and implied powers. Enumerated powers are the powers that are granted specifically to the federal government. It's not even to the states, or granted specifically to the federal government. And implied powers are what you can imp imply for them. So basically, there's the typical example of, you know, the government has the power to tax, spend, bill coin or whatever. And so that means that they implied that they could have a bank, they could make a bank. With these implied powers gives, you know, power to the federal government and to the courts to interpret the way they want. And it's the same with states and states have their own constitutions. So every state has their own constitution, but every single state has to also 
obliged by the federal constitution. So the federal constitution has an establishment of what all of the states need to rule by. And then all of the states have their own separate constitution to rule by in each individual state. And the reason why our founding fathers did that is because they understood that people wanted different things in different states. They understood that some people had this type of ideology and some people had that. And maybe some people want to vote here. Maybe some people want to vote like that. And, you know, there's there's different lifestyles. and, And that's why states have their own rights and they can vote individually and separately on what their state wants. And that's what we're losing because through time, the more and more time, it's just the way I learned that the law works is the more and more time goes by, more and more issues come up and the more and more states are debating and the more and more states are interacting with each other, the more and more the federal government has to intervene So the more and more the federal government intervenes means that they are given more and more power. And I read this. I saw all of it go down I with my own eyes. And I studied it. And yeah, you saw more and more power keep going, going, going. And listen, I'm not saying that it was for bad reasons. There was times where the federal government didn't need to intervene. And, you know, like public schools, public education. Um, there's, there's, you know, definitely times. But it's also, it, I think it just creates a unfortunate turn of events because the more power you give to humanity, the more power they want and the more they take advantage of that power. And that is... That is what has repeated itself through history. That is, you can see that in anybody that has been given power, is they want more. And that is the idea of the Marxist, is there, you turn into a certain type of person that, where it even gets to a point where the greed goes away, that some of these politicians, some of these people have so much money this is all around the world. They have so much money that it's not even about money anymore. It really is just about the power. And that's everywhere. And that's what you need to understand is these people that have, that are sitting on millions and billions and they're telling us how things should be ran and how we should vote and what we should do. And they're controlling what we consume. It's, you have to realize that it's for power and it's for gain. And that is just natural instincts. That's just the nature in humanity. That's, that is our yin and yang to being a human being is we come with really awesome, you know, characteristic traits like being intelligent, creative, and we come with the bad and that's our purpose in life is I think to defeat the bad. And now that we're understanding how things are laying out, you can see that 
when people want more power, they're probably going to do everything they can to get it. And one of the biggest ways to maintain power is by separating the people. Our founding fathers started off our constitution with three basic words. We, the people. Totally just thought of Biden not being able to say that. Okay, I'm not even going to say that. And they did that because this land was built for us and it was made for us and it's for us. And the reason why they wanted to prevent federal government from gaining power and for trying to implement all of the separations and, and things that they wanted to keep from happening was because they had us in our best interest. That's what we're forgetting is our founding fathers that fought to give us this land, they had our best heart at interest. So when we look at our, even our Bill of Rights, that's being discussed a lot recently. And I think the most unfortunate thing that I'm seeing is people having a lack of faith in our founding fathers and a lack of faith in understanding why they gave us those rights. So even when we talk about certain debates, like the gun debate, I wish there was more of a, instead of a conversation of, oh, this is bad and you're wrong and you're right and whatever the case. No, people need to ask. And I wish people just gave them a little bit of credibility in knowing what they were doing. Just like how we would give credibility to the experts today, to the people we trust or think we can trust. I wish we would give the credibility to our same ancestors that gave us this. Today, I think we are at a point where a lot of America's mistakes are fixed, actually. And I think the only thing now that's destructing us is our separation. And the reason why that is the case is because if we were we were leading into a path now you have to think segregation happened less than 100 years ago and even with segregation we then you know there there's trauma of course with the things that happen and, and what's what's going on in this country but through time it was we kept going and going and going and we've broken history i mean from the 2000s and up and then even accepting gay marriage. I mean, America has proven that we are capable of change for, for the better, but they can't let that keep going because if we, the people continue to thrive 
then what do they get out of that? They don't loot, they don't, they don't have any more power. So the way they maintain power over the people, and when I say they, I mean the elites, I mean the people that are, you know, running things. I mean, I can sit here and say I want to be the president of the United States, but I mean, listen, I got to know someone. I probably got to know someone to run and know someone here, know someone here. It's connections. I mean, people, when you reach to the top, you reach to the top. It's not, it's not, I mean, easy for, for the average Joe. So when I say they, I mean the elites. I mean the people that have the money and have the networks and have the family, you know, connections and they're probably already family. And it's just, that's like they, the people at the top kind of stay at the top. Of course, there's opportunity for people to come up to the top. And that's why, again, America is beautiful because we do have those opportunities, but still in general census, that's people at the top are at the top. And so they, when they're at the top and they're these Marxists, they're these power hungry people. How, how, how do you, how do you make a society? How do you control society? How do you keep control of a society? And that is, that's splitting them up. And that is, everyone's been saying it. We're aware that that's what, what's happening. It's, it's black v. white, left v. right, rich v. poor, gay v. straight, now trans v. non. Like, it's just like, it's always going to be a, how do we separate them? How do we get these people to argue? How do we put this in the news and make problems seem like they're more problems or make, you know, emphasize these problems and break a society? And we're seeing it female v male, I mean, we all have so much hate in each other when we were actually moving the opposite way. Just recently, we were, we, you know, we were working together. This whole country is based off us working together. You know, that's how we built this country. And of course, we're going to have problems. We're all different. Like we all came from different countries. I mean, it would be a miracle if we didn't have some racial problems here and there. And I truly believe when you sit a kid down, this is the same thing I'm trying to, you know, I'm comparing this to a society, but if you were to sit a kid down and you were to tell a little African-American kid and a little white kid, hey, from the start of history, you've had a disadvantage. And hey, from the start of history, you've had an advantage. When you teach the critical race theory to children and you sit them down and you really like badger them, you create a sense of inequality within them immediately. It's implemented into their head that they're unequal. And I think if if we were equal, we wouldn't be talking about it. And I get the argument of, okay, well, we're talking about it because there's people out there treating us unequal. But, okay, we're going to deal with those. That's how we deal with that. We deal with those problems. We deal with those people, those certain people individually. But to start off a generation by saying, hey, this is how the world works and it's going to work like that because that's your skin color. That's not 
going to make us equal. And speaking in experience and being from Vegas, I feel like I grew up in a very diverse town and I went to a, a very diverse school and no one, no one sat us and said that to us. Like we didn't have to take critical race theory to know that every single person at that school is my brother and sister, that every single person at school is a human being. And that, you know, it doesn't matter who the person is. If you're, you know, if you're, if you're going to have a problem with me, we're going to have a problem. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter if you're, you know, it, it doesn't matter because I'm going to have a problem with you if who you are as a person. And that's how, that's how I went to school. That's how my friends grew up. And we were a very diverse group. And I think that's the, that's exactly what we need to do is we can't just treat each other like we're different and say, Hey, you're different. Hey, I'm different. No, we just treat each other as we are each other. That's it. Like, and that's the same with each category that I just mentioned. I mean, male v. female, that's been like a huge war now. And it's just hate instead of working together. We both have trauma on both sides. Men have trauma on their side. Females have trauma on, on our side. And for us to just be sitting on each other is just, it's not the proper way. But it's what they want us to do. Because if we don't work, if we don't come together and there's no family unit and, you know, we're all hating on each other, then they have more power. So I watched this show yesterday, ironically on Netflix, it's called Painkiller. And it's about the opioid pandemic. And I thought it was a really great way to show how corrupt, a great way to show how corruption works and how you really can't trust the people that you think you can trust and how you need to really trust your community. A man named Richard Sackler, he created the drug oxycodone, oxycodone, oxytocin, oxytocin, oxytocin. I think that's how you say it. Okay, whatever, oxys. He created oxys and he was well aware that oxys were double the strength of morphine. Morphine is the drug, is the painkiller that is given to usually cancer patients or patients that are dying to relieve them from pain when they're dying. And he doubled the dose basically, created an oxy and said, instead of giving this to people at a pain scale of 10, nine or 10, we're going to give this to people at a pain scale of three or four. And because when people have pain, they seek pleasure, pleasure, pain. We're going to put ourselves in the middle of that. I don't want to ruin the show if anybody wants to watch it, but I am going to go through the show because I think this is a great way to, again, show how the real world kind of works and it's going on right behind our back. And now it's kind of going on right in front of our face because they just made a show on it. But uh, 
he was very well aware that he was going to put himself in the middle of that and basically build wealth on people's pain levels. And it was this company, Purdue Pharma, and they absolutely were aware of how addictive the drug was and the side effects and how lethal this could be given to a society. And they didn't care. You saw how their greed took away. They wanted to make that money. Okay, well, how did they get it FDA approved? You literally see how they quite basically damn near bribed the FDA guy that approved their medicine, their drug. They mean the guy literally went to, he disapproved it, disapproved it, disapproved it many, many times. And then they asked him to come to town to have a formal, you know, get together. Next thing you know, the guy approves it. Next thing you know, the guy works for Purdue Pharma. He leaves the FDA and works for Purdue Pharma. So that's how they got it approved. Now, next thing you know, you have these people that are essentially be acting like drug dealers. They're traveling from doctor to doctor, pushing these doctors to sell this drug, to, to, prescribe, to, to prescribe this drug onto patients. And they're pushing them. They're damn near like forcing these doctors and, you know, going down their throats saying, you know, keep selling more, keep pushing it onto the patients. It's good for the patients, blah, blah, blah. Some doctors, you know, were against it. You know, Purdue was very well aware of what was going on. Then they try to take them to court. A prosecutor prosecutes the company. And just as they were about to nail the company, a phone call was made by some guy to the big guy. You know, the big guy up there. To then to the prosecutor's office. To then the prosecutor had to make a settlement that basically served no justice. I mean, absolutely no justice. Oxy, oxys were continuing to, to, to be spread and, you know, they were still in business and it was still going. And then, well, I don't want to ruin the end, but basically, yeah, the end is right now Richard, Richard Sackler is sitting on billions still here in Florida. Um, and he killed over 300,000 people off of oxy overdoses. If you don't understand how oxys work, when you have doctors, when you have someone who gets into an injury, an accident, they have surgery, you have doctors prescribing this saying this is going to relieve your pain you get immediately addicted to them. And this addiction leads to your death and it breaks families. And just one simple, you see in the show, multiple families, one simple back injury or a little accident can quite literally leave someone dead on the street as a drug addict. And they were very well aware of this. And the company itself, when this started happening, and that's why the prosecutors started attacking them. They started blaming the junkies. They started calling them junkies and that people can't control themselves. So these people essentially made billions and billions of dollars off of 
people's injuries, relying on doctors. Doctors were getting paid out. They were pushing the drug more than ever because they were getting the check. The doctors you trust. And that's the opioid pandemic. (laughs) And it's funny because the exact same thing happened with the crack cocaine pandemic. And the exact same thing is happening currently with the Adderall pandemic. Doctors are quite literally prescribing Adderall to children excessively for no reason. And parents are trusting them. They're not realizing that these doctors are getting a paycheck for prescribing this. They're getting a paycheck. They don't care what the damage is going to do to your child. They are working for greed. I encourage everyone to watch this show because you see how it's a true story. You see how sick it is. You see how sick people are. They they estimated around 300,000 people died off of oxy overdoses. I said that already. 300 people, and it's today reoccurring 40 deaths a day off of an oxyode overdose. So this man, off of greed, is killing 40 people a day, and he's still sitting in his mansion and with billions. And that's, that's when I say there's a difference between what's going on here and the people at the top. And we, the people, are suffering off of this greed. Why do you trust the people that are taking your money? Ask that question. Why do you trust an unfair system that is taking your money? And then once we start listening to each other and start working together and start becoming more in tune with each other, And listening to our intuition, we're going to be more powerful than them because they know that. I read a statistic. I think it was if you were to if you were to combine the American population, like just civilians in general, we would be like the largest military on the planet. Just because we have the right to bear arms as well, we would be considered, if we really came together and like, okay, I don't want to put any ideas, but they're aware of that. Like they know that we have the numbers and they want to break our passion for the country because if you have no passion for a country and you have no desire to fight for it, then they're always going to have control over you. Always. Now, the next debate always is, well, if the Constitution is so amazing, then why did we end up here? The Constitution is not finished. I don't think it's finished yet. I think we have a lot more fighting to do, and I think the Constitution is going to back us up, and we do have one right. And that is to overthrow whenever we desire. We, the people, have that right. And there is a reason why our founding fathers gave that right, too. And I'm not encouraging anything dangerous. But what I'm saying is, if there were a time to come, our Constitution would be tested. And 
there's a reason why they gave us that right. Our founding fathers gave us that right because they were aware that this could happen. And they were aware that humanity is humanity. They've seen it. They've done it. So they gave us, you know, certain rights for reasons. So trust them just a little bit. I mean, the little kids now, they probably don't even know what the Constitution is. I don't even want to know. I mean, you know when you, you know those videos where it's like, uh, where they're on the streets of like New York and they're like, you know, how many states are there in the country or what's this? I doubt people even know what the Constitution is. And we can even go way deeper. You know, I I just skimmed the top of what happened here, in, you know, but we could go way deeper if people understood this. We would love our country and we would fight for our country and we would be sick and tired of the stuff we're dealing with right now and we would have a lot more motivation to stop it but we're drained and we're we're sick and we're tired and we're hopeless and we're helpless and we trust people that are not in our best interest and we're just getting screwed time in and time out and if we learned how cool our country is and how cool the powers we have and how cool we the people are, we would be standing together as a society. So spread this message. Start doing your research on the Constitution. Tell your kids to learn about the Constitution if they're not learning about it in school. And let's start developing some patriotism again. That's how we're going to come together. We the people, America, we're Americans. We talk about wanting equality. Let's just label us as Americans. That's my only label. That's what I want to be labeled as. I want to be labeled as an American. <sighs> my pronouns are America. <laughs> but... We're the land of the free, and we were given a lot of opportunities. Home of the brave, land of the free. We were built, like, if you listen to our, our what we were built on, it's motivating stuff. It's stuff that people were hungry for. They wanted this to develop a country like this so badly because they were tired of the years and years and thousands of years of oppression and suffering. They were tired of it. And this was the chance. And now... We're doing it to ourselves, but we have an opportunity to avoid it. We do. We the people. So, yeah, that's all for today. Thank you for listening. Like, rate, subscribe, whatever the case is over there. You can add me on all my social media platforms, official Tony Scardino. And yeah, I hope you guys have a great week. All right. God save the queen, man. <laughs>